Hello, my name is Scott Cameron. This is The Joys of Teaching Literature. Uh, if you want to know more about me, you can visit my website. It's www.theteachersworkshop.com. I offer online professional development. It's uh, self-paced for high school English teachers. And this week, I have a really amazing announcement that I have a new microphone. <laughs> I wish I could share my joy with you by letting you see my face and... I don't have to hold that little wire in my hand anymore. You know, my hands are free to go wherever they want to go. <laughs> so even though you can't see it, I hope you're as happy as I am <laughs> that I uh, upgraded here. But uh, this week we're going to talk about sort of the end of school. Um, this year gave me a lot to think about, I think. It gave everybody a lot to think about just as far as what we're grateful for and how much fun teaching is. Um, in person, yeah, I think there's just a life and an energy in a classroom. Uh, and we, yeah, I, I tried as hard as I could, and I told my students that at the end of the year. I was like, listen, <laughs> I know that this did not go as planned. I was struggling to find ways to make this interesting for you. I don't blame you for wanting to turn your, your camera off. You know, I, I, I do think a lot of them were listening, and I think that's the important thing, even when you're in person. You're taking notes, you're listening, you, you know, eye contact is important and that, again, that energy in the room where bouncing ideas off each other and somebody raises their hand and somebody else raises their hand. Oh, that person said that, that makes me want to say this. Um, I, I'm trying to, th I mean, with Zoom, it, it didn't feel, I mean, it, I want to say, you know, it was normal, but I definitely think that there was a point where live streaming yourself became somewhat of a routine and we did kind of loosen up but you know I think at first it was a little awkward I had this kind of not to say it was icebreaker activity but I had this activity early on in the year where it was, it was this funny thing where they brought um, different things from their home and talked about how that that thing was symbolic and uh, somebody was at their barn that day and was talking about their horse um, yeah, and yeah, but people had different objects from their room, and we, there was a lot of storytelling going on, and so that I felt like I got to know people kind of early, so that was nice. Um, but looking back on all of it, yeah, it it, it was a difficult year. Um, it was funny because I was at, sitting at graduation; it was like last Wednesday, and I saw one of my students. I teach mostly seniors, but a couple of years ago, I had class of sophomores, and. Uh, <laughs> I, this one particular student was remote the entire year. He did a fantastic job, was part of every discussion, really gave his all the whole year. I was really proud of him. And, uh, but I didn't, I didn't see him all year. I knew who, what he looked like and everything else from sophomore year, but I didn't, you know, I hadn't seen him physically uh, at all his senior year. And so when I saw him at graduation, I'm looking at him line up to get his diploma, and I'm like, wow, you grew a foot since the last time I saw you. And that's really odd because you were my student this year and I didn't know that you grew a foot from the last time. I, I mean, obviously grew somewhat, you know, figured he was growing, but uh, he was kind of a tallish. When I remember when he had in class, he was kind of short and thinking that's so funny that I didn't know he was kind of tall. Um, so, yeah, we, we deserve something special for this year, for making it through this year. It, it proved to be the ultimate curveball. Um, we had all these different tech tools to learn and just to 
again, try to make fun. Learning is fun and it is normal and conversations to feel as normal as possible when we're, you know, maybe in the class, but with our mask on behind the screen, three people in class, zero people in class, 10 people in class. It was changing every day. Um, and so there was just a lot of adjustments to make and trying to think about, okay, here's my, I have materials I've taught before, but now it's all going to be online. How can I simplify this? How can I kind of reduce my expectations that I have where we can really focus on what is the essential parts of this to, you know, still have, write a really good essay and gather enough evidence for that essay. Um, even at the end, I did a sort of shortened version of a research paper that was kind of fun. We did sort of literary criticism, criticism on uh, Beloved by Toni Morrison. Um, it's like, all right, but let's let's not do a research paper. Obviously, I'm not going to put that put you through that senior year, but let's do you know one single spaced page. You're going to read one article that is a criticism of Beloved, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to write this essay. And, and they did a great job. And it wasn't something that took a tremendous amount of effort and time, but it's it still was enough to get the job done. And it was a skill that they need to have going into college. So we made it work. Um, so, but but really, when you think about teaching in not just last year, every year we have a, a thousand curveballs. I mean, last year was the ultimate curveball, but we have thousands of curveballs chucked at us all the time. You know, think about it. We have to pick literature that everyone will love, not just a couple of students, but all of our students. We have to pick activities that, that will help everyone learn, not just a couple of students, but everyone learn every single day. We have to be fair, but also flexible. We have to be funny, but also serious. You know, we have to set deadlines for our students, return to essays and assignments in a timely manner. That's that's challenge in and of itself. Just you know, try to not just have deadlines for your students, but have deadlines for yourself. We're like, okay, this essay is coming up. We got to get this essay back before they take the next essay. You know, like be gathering all these essays and not just great and just you know letting them pile up, right? You have to hand them back before you make them take another one. Uh, we have to answer, you know, emails, phone calls. We have to go to meetings with guidance counselors, parents, supervisors, principals. Even in my office, we have I think, 17 or 18 other teachers in the one room. So you're always, I'm always talking about literature, talking about, you know, movies we just watched, or podcasts we just listened to, essays, um, different things in the news, you know, whatever comes up in culture and uh or even on social media did you see this post or this meme or whatever it is um, and so so we're sort of immersed in this world of of language and current events because we want to you know make life we want to make the 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 old books that we teach and of course we teach new books too but the old books that we teach we want to make them connected to the world that 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 i live in that they live in that we all live in. And so we want to think about how the topics and themes and, and different characters even in the books are related to the world and we want to tell those stories about the world that we live in and our personal lives in, a, in order to make that literature meaningful. So that's a lot of work, right? Because it's, we're, again, we're spending time, we're not just reading novels because we're going to teach a new novel or a new poem or a new essay, but we're also trying to, you know, again, be a, a educated person that and not just be academic but be ad educated right where we know about the world that we live in are able to talk about it you know, i remember a college professor 
said, we're English teachers, we're expected to know everything about every field, history, social sciences, science. Um, yeah, we were able to kind of dabble in all those fields and not be complete experts in them. But, but if it's a word, then we're supposed to know about it and know about language and expression and consciousness, identity and all these different philosophical ideas, um, artistic ideas. You know, Virginia Woolf, I talk about painting a lot. Uh, so we talk about symbolism of painting colors and space and time um so we're expected to kind of be have one foot in all these different realms you know uh that comprise our reality so <laughs> what i'm trying to say it's really difficult what we do and so how I, I guess what i'm thinking about with this with our topic today is how can we make teaching uh i'll call them the three e's uh, you know easy Right? We want teaching to be easy, exciting, and excellent. And so, yeah, I know that feels oxymoronic, right? easy and excellent, because I think we associate excellence with hard work, paying attention, being diligent, um, heavy deliberation. You know, we want to, you know, be we want to model hard work for our like be that hard worker, right? And so I think that's why we. Yeah, I mean, a lot of teachers think like we need easy, but that's that's kind of what I'm I'm thinking about today is, yes, we can do this, right? We can make teaching easy, uh, and not something that's super stressful. Uh, we can make it exciting, not just for for them, but for us too, where we're learning new information, we're hearing stories, you know, from them. We're get we're assigning texts uh, that we haven't read that, you know, where they can we give options to go and find an essay on a particular topic where we're learning, learning about what they've read and having that as a part of the conversation. Again, bringing some of our knowledge into the conversation there too. Um, and of course, excellent. We want to be excellent first and foremost, right? We're not here to just have fun and make things, you know, and, and to explore their curiosities. We want them to be good writers. We want them to, to be, you know, to, to be able to express them eloquent, themselves eloquently um, and to be articulate. And that's, so, so we want to, to to be the best that we can possibly be, and, and then they'll be they'll be great as well. Um, so that's our kind of question: is yeah, you know, with all the stuff that we're that we're having meetings, and you know, sometimes you, I, I'm sure you know as teacher, I'm assuming everybody here is a teacher, that uh, you you don't get to the lesson planning and and um, the grading, which is really the two. Yeah, you know, I guess the two things we spend most of our time on is grading essays uh, and lesson planning. Is sometimes you you just don't get to to spend as much time on those things, those two things as as we'd like because of all this other stuff. Uh, you know, and not even to mention you know, professional development and uh, all the different meetings we have um, unrelated to you know the meetings that we have with our students and with our parents, the parents of the students, and so. Um, yeah, that's the question is how do we make teaching easy, exciting, and excellent? Um, so I guess the first E is, is easy. Uh, this is an awesome mnemonic we're dealing with here. Uh, but so I know what you're thinking in your head, like, yeah, teaching is easy? Like, <laughs> no, teaching will never be easy. You walk in there with 25, maybe 30 kids. I remember having 30 kids my first year. Uh, it's never going to be easy. And I guess I'm saying yes, like it can be. It can be easy. Learning can be hard. 
When you're learning, you need to spend countless hours reading, gathering and organizing evidence, researching topics, taking notes, and having deep discussions. But teaching, teaching should be easy. Um, in one class period, we introduce a concept or a topic, clarify the text, and help form a conclusion about what it all means. So just like in an essay, right, you, you introduce a topic, say this is what we're going to talk about today, and it does, that can be a, a long introduction or it can be short because you want to just jump into the activity and you don't want, you want to, don't want to give away too much, you want to say too much because that's their job is to formulate the thesis or the argument, right? So you're just kind of introducing the topic, then you're jumping into the text and you're helping them, guiding them, walking around the class, sometimes you're leading the discussion, maybe it's a whole class discussion, um, and that's the bulk of really what you want to do because you want to have as much evidence as possible. You're going to have a really good argument. You want to have, you know, examine as much text as you can related to that topic, whatever the topic is. And then by the end of the class, and maybe this comes a day later or two days later, it doesn't matter. It's not a single class period. But in the end, you want to have a conclusion. Right? You, want to have, you want to say something about what all this means. Again, you want to make it relevant. So introducing the topic sometimes has to do with making it relevant and making it meaningful, like all these things I'm saying, putting it in the context of the world, not just of the novel, mid-19th century or whatever it is, uh, but also the world that we live in. It's like, hey, this is, we're going to talk about this today. It's crime or maybe it's joy or love, painting, art, uh, you know, time. There's all kinds of different, you know, even thinking about the, the topic of time or painting, right? There's so many different movies that we can talk about that dealt with that topic, or maybe it's an essay, or maybe something in the news uh, that, that will help them sort of understand that. Doesn't mean we have to show the movie, doesn't have to mean we have to read the poem, we can just kind of talk about it from our experience, and here's this idea, we're gonna look at it from these this couple of different angles here. And then in the end, you want them doing that, right? Same thing that, that you're doing, you know, by helping them understand the topic a little bit at the beginning, you really want them to think about, okay, now I have this final thesis statement or argument about this topic, um, but I also have a conclusion about it. And, you know, it's, it's meaningful to me now for these reasons. Um, so that's, that's not, yeah, I am saying that's easy, right? Because all you have to come to class with is a topic, a question, maybe something in the back of your head about what you're going to say about that topic, a couple of, you know, a handful of passages, maybe 10 passages or something from the text. Uh, and then, and that's it, because the, the conclusion part, the, you know, first of all, going through the evidence is their job, and then coming up with a conclusion is also their job. Um, so your job is really just introducing the concept, um, and that's where you're doing the teaching, and then, of course, you're doing the teaching as you help them, you know, maybe you're doing a close reading of one of the, the passages, or maybe you're, you want them to write it on the board or on a, on a poster or doing note cards, you're going to put the note cards under the document camera or display their responses on the, you know, on the internet or a Google drawing or how, you know, all the different ways that we differentiate our, our classrooms. You know, of course, we want to guide them, through, we want to help them every step of the way with interpreting the text, but again, that's, that's really their job. You don't have to do it with the entire class every single time. Sometimes maybe it's appropriate, um, but that's, again, that's the mental work at least is you know, for them. Of course, I'm familiar with the passages that I'm going to present, you know, that I'm going to ask them to look at, and I know what's going on with all of them, because um, I've read the novel, uh, but, but really it's, 
I'm just asking the questions, right? Where they're reading the passage out loud, you ask the question, and then you just na you navigate or, or, or guide the conversation about, you know, their responses to the question that you ask about those topics or just the, a guiding question that starts class. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's how you make it easy. Um, so yeah, you just kind of read out loud, ask good questions. Some of course, you know, can raise their hand really quickly and answer that question right away. You know, those, those students are great to have because uh, they're always willing to be a part of the conversation. But sometimes you have students that just want to look at it on their own. They want to look at it you know, maybe independently or maybe they want to look at it with some of their classmates and then they're more comfortable uh, coming up with a response to the question. Uh, when we ask students to read a long, challenging novel, we don't need to have a bunch of deadlines, packets, handouts uh, to make a difficult task even more difficult. Uh, our students can take notes in their own style and they can read at their own pace. Um, I try as hard as I can to make reading and writing pleasurable, not stressful. Right? So if, if they're constantly dealing with all this different evidence and that's what you're doing on a daily basis, you, know, you might get through 30, 40 different passages from a single no you know, in a novel with all these different topics um, and, and the essay should write itself, right? That's the point of taking really good notes is that, that those notes should help you write your essay, give you things to think about when you're writing your essay. Um, but that's, that's the work they do, not that we do. Um, as far as note-taking is concerned, you know, my handouts are really basic because I want them, again, to be able to organize their own notes and draw, you know, write it out however they'd like. So I don't put a lot of effort into my handouts. I don't make them, I don't really have really fa fancy graphics on there. I don't really give fancy topics. I have the question, I have the topic, and then I have a bunch of passages. And what we do with those passages in class, again, you're making posters, you're doing graphic organizers, um, maybe you're asking them to write a paragraph, you know, maybe you assign uh, pairs, three or four passages. Right? You handle these passages, but you, you only have to present on one, right? So you don't have to have one you know, two, two students uh, present on, on all four passages. It takes a long time. Everybody's going to be sitting there listening while they present on these four. You could do that too. You could do PowerPoints. Uh, but maybe you just say, hey, pick the best one. Pick the one that you want to present on to the rest of the class. Everybody takes notes on five or six different groups. Uh, and there are different passages related to that topic. And you got five different passages that could be evidence for a topic and a topic sentence or a thesis statement, right? So again, that's I'm not putting work into the handout. I'm just, I come in with the activity, like or an idea with, of an activity. I got like 10 or 12 different activities I could do with, with each topic, and I just let them run away with it. So um, it does feel easy to me. And I, I think the, the part that's easy is that if there's a, there's a certain rhythm to the class, I can change it up by changing the activity. But I always have the bare bones of, of what we're going to do ready to go. Um, so the second thing is making, making teaching exciting. So when I say exciting, I don't mean that, <laughs> that every single day needs to be a wild adventure. I think that's sometimes what we try, and we get stressed out about that, right? We're like, oh, how am I going to make this fun? How am I going to make this fun? How am I going to make this fun? Sometimes it's, it's good to have fun. Sometimes, like I said, it's, it's good to just sit independently and work, you know, have an individual student work their way through a, a bunch of different passages, have something to say, and then, and then maybe they get into a group after they've looked at it for 10 or 15 minutes in silence. Um, it doesn't always have to be, you know, this wild, noisy thing every single day. Class can be, so when I say exciting, um, 
you know, that it can be exciting when it's loud, but it can also be exciting when it's quiet. Um, on any given day, we should be just as excited to come to class as our students. Right? We want to be excited about what's going on, um, and, and so I guess I'm dealing with it on sort of both levels. Our students should, should love school and look forward to it, not dread it. The f this feeling goes beyond laughing with friends or playing sports. They should be genuinely excited by complicated ideas and the innovative, innovative writing styles of writers like Virginia Woolf, Toni Morrison, and Jane Austen really revolutionized um, how, you know, writing in general. When they imagine living in another time or another country, it shouldn't feel like a required task they need to complete for a grade. We should take those other worlds and make them relevant by asking our students to write short stories and poems, short films, video essays, and podcasts. Um, some of my students, I, sometimes when you read an essay, an analytical essay, you're like, yes, they absolutely understood this novel. Uh, but some of the, the, the short films, I have this unit on uh, Dubliners, where I have them take a, a short, very fi you know, five to six page short story and, and, and modernize it. So they're, they're setting it in, in contemporary, you know, the world that they live in, in whatever year it is currently in your classroom. Um, and, and, and they create this short film with, from, you know, with it. Um, they, they, they create the characters, um, you know, they take the plot line, like you said, ad ad adaptation, right? They take the plot line and they create their own characters that go through similar kind of events, um, but in today's world, uh, like Clueless did for, for Emma. And actually, I use that kind of as an example. Like, all right, let's do that with these short stories. Um, that sometimes when I watch those those short films that they make, I'm like, oh yeah, they definitely um, they understood this on such a deep level that like it doesn't it doesn't even click with for me because I'm like I'm thinking of, of the short story in the context of the of, of James Joyce's world uh, in Ireland and and I'm not thinking about it in their like I'm not in their world. Right? And they show me their world, and they show me how it's connected to, to James Joyce's world. And I'm more convinced sometimes with the short films that they understood the story than I, than I might be with an analytical essay. And that's, that's so cool. Um, so that's what I mean by exciting. Um, and that's, think about it. All I did, <laughs> we didn't even interpret the story. I was just like, hey, go make a movie. And I thought to myself, I'm not doing enough work. Am I doing enough work for this? Should I be like, have a, have, maybe I should have a handout or maybe we should like talk about this and that first or whatever. I was like, no, just go make a movie. And it took a couple of days you know, that we normally would spend discussing the literature. And of course, there's a value to that too. Discussing literature is always really important. Uh, but they just did, they, they did all of the work and it, the results were just amazing. And I, didn't, I did nothing but watch great movies. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what I mean, I guess, by easy and exciting. Uh, we want the conversations in our class to continue after our students walk out the door. Uh, so we should give as many options as possible when it comes to what we ask them to read and write about. Uh, so the last, the last thing is, is excellence. That's what we all want. Um, it's kind of part of the Danielson conversation is, can we, can we be a four every day? And, um, you know, I, I remember I had a boss um, supervisor once say, like, I don't get out of bed for anything less than a four. 
And uh, I thought that was cool because that like every day I do, I live that way. I try to live that way. Like every day I'm living for a four. I don't know if every, anybody knows what I'm talking about. You get a sort of ranked on the scale, one, two, three, four, and four is like your top score. And when they explain it to us, they're like, you know, you can't be at a four every day. <laughs> or like, yeah, we can. <laughs> you know, like I, that's, you know, that's why I'm doing this. I, I want to be amazing every day. Um, and again, that doesn't mean me being amazing. It means my students being amazing. It means they're getting something out of what they're doing. When they were making their films, I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> I was probably creating essays or just, oh yeah, this is how you share this with me or oh yeah, this is how you edit this or you know, maybe little technical things or giving them ideas for you know, how they could make a story that's related to, the, you know, to Dubliners. Um, so of course, got, you know, helping them. It's not like I'm sitting there doing nothing, but it's, it's fun for me. You know, I'm just helping them create something creative uh, in groups and, you know, helping them like, well, how do we see, how do we shoot this scene and how, you know, what's this character and, well, we can't think of a name and just being part of those conversations are, are amazing, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, excellence is about setting the bar as high as possible for each student. The literature should be challenging. The questions we ask should be challenging. So there's no substitute for that, right? There's no substitute for hard work. And there's no substitute for, for menta, that kind of meant that important mental work. You know, and I don't want to you know, give this example of making a short film to kind of say we shouldn't be giving them literature that, that challenges them and allows their, their minds to grow and for them to be sort of wiser people as a result of reason, reading it. That's really what it's kind of why I'm ending on this, the last E here being excellent. Every minute of class should be intense and immersive. Every moment, you know. And I, if you waste five minutes every class period by transitioning or, you know, just kind of going slow, you, over the course of a year, you're missing so much. And and that's time that that a lot of teachers, I think myself included, in my first few years, like ah, oh, just do that for homework, you know, and you end class early or something like that. But I'm, I really believe now, I, nothing, nothing distracts me. If there, there's an assembly going on, there's, I mean, if, you know, if there's snow or Halloween, obviously sometimes you're going to have fun and just be a little bit like, but, there, but, you know, I decide when we're having fun and taking breaks, right? And so we still want to have control of every single minute of class and you want to be able to kind of get class going when you need to get going. And you want it to, again, be intense and immersive you want to have them feel every day like they are in the characters the lives of the characters and in the ideas of the writer uh, of course there's there's you know of, of course we're telling stories we're laughing about life um, but we also want to be able to like sense the rhythm of a class and sense the rhythm of learning really um, and the pulse of a class there's an art to knowing when to slow down and when to move faster uh, teenagers, <laughs> we all know, can be distracted easily, and 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 here's the interesting thing: they can also get stressed very easily. So so knowing the point where they're stressed and kind of backing off a little and saying, okay, we're going to give an extension on this, um, or maybe I'll I'll have we'll do this little thing for a couple of days to give you time to get that done, um, but also keeping them completely focused and engaged. And busy, you know, I would say we use the word busy, but yeah, like on task, engaged, really interested in what they're doing, that's really important. Um, our students will remember us for the example we set, our energy, our love of literature, our zest for life. They will also remember us if we can somehow manage to make learning less work 
and more exploration and discovery. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>